Let's pray. We're going to dive into the Word. You got your Bibles? If you don't, that's okay. You're going to have some scriptures behind me, but I uh, love it when you bring your Bibles. Father, we thank you for your Word today. Thank you for your presence here. You're here because we worshiped you. You're here because you inhabit the praises of your people. You're here because two or more are gathered in your name. And we thank you, Holy Spirit. You're the one that fills us and leads, leads us into all truth. And we just say, have your way this morning, God. Uh, the world bombards us from the outside in, but God, you come and transform us from the inside out. So we just say, speak to us. Holy Spirit, blow through the chambers of our heart today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. We're in this series called 4G. And 4G is, represents 4Gs. Why, why 4G? Well, well, we have a core class. Core class is our membership class. We used to do that every quarter. And then it became a bottleneck. People couldn't get here on just that Saturday. So we're doing the core class every Sunday now at 10 a.m. That way you can come to the Saturday night service, come before, you come to afterwards. But that's what that core class is. And the four G's is this. We have 12 values that we go over in the core class. And you meet different pastors and different leaders in the church. Those 12 values is something that we camp out on, like the Word of God, like worship, etc. Those, those values, we don't, we don't bend on those values, okay? And those 12 values are covered in four different areas. That's the four G's. The first uh, G is grace. Will you say that with me, grace? Grace. We're saved by grace. You know, some of the world religions, is all about works and what you can do. And we believe that it's absolutely, honestly, nothing, nothing that you can do. It's all what Jesus has already done. And a person can't get excited about, hey, look at me, I've arrived. It's none of that. We're only saved by grace. It's a free gift from God. That's the only way a person can come, enter into the kingdom of heaven, have a relationship with God, is by the amazing thing that God did for us by sending His Son and the gift of grace. Say that with me again, grace. grace. Once you know that, and that is like really good news to you, and by the way, if that's not really good news to you, you need to, you need to do something. Because that's the best news going, that there's a, a, a gift that God has given us, eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. And once a person understands that, I think the first trigger that should go off in us is that we're to grow. We're to grow in Jesus Christ. I asked you about two, three weeks ago, how do you know if someone's grown up sitting beside you? Is it because they have hair or don't have hair or the tone of their voice or if they have wrinkles? And the thing is, is that you can be old but not grow up. And God wants us to not just grow old, but to grow up in Him. Last week, we talked about how, what is a beautiful element of growing up? Or how can a person grow? I want to let you know, one of the greatest ways that you can grow is in a group. And that's what we covered last week. In a city group where everyone knows your name, everyone's glad you came, cheers without the beers. Now some of you, you need to kind of, you need to go with me this morning. Can we start that all over again? Come on, elbow the person beside you, say go with him. Go with him. If he's sleeping, elbow him really good. Usually people, if they get the breath knocked out of them, they don't sleep very long. Right? Just teasing. Kind of. City groups, where everyone knows your name, everyone's glad you came, 
cheers without the beers. We talked about that last week. We got city groups happening everywhere and new ones coming about all the time. God doesn't want you to do life alone. He wants you to be in relationship and fellowship and it's all about the body of Christ and it's a wonderful place to grow. Well, today, what is the whole ultimate end of this? What do, how are we to live our life? I think that we're to live a life in giving our life, giving up our life. So today, the fourth G is give. Will you say that with me, give? give. What does uh, giving mean? It means freely transferring a, a possession to something or to someone, uh, to hand something over to an individual. Uh, when a person is born, we are born takers. I know you think you're all cute, little innocent baby, and yada, 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 yada. But honestly, the Bible makes it very clear that you're born into sin, and we're born takers. First thing we start doing is, Mama, I need to take some milk. We're, we're takers. I, I wanna, I'll take a diaper change, Mama. Uh, I'll take a bottle, Mama. Uh, you, you see those kids in, a, uh, in line at the grocery store? What do they want to do? I'll take some candy, Mama. You know, it's all about take, 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 take. Uh, I was flying on an airplane yesterday, and the mother behind me, you could hear it. <laughs> I, didn't, I never heard her say, hey, honey, take, 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 just take it. Let me teach you how to take. She never said that. But what I did hear her say, share, share, share. <laughs> I, I heard her say that uh, twice, share, okay? Why? Because we're born takers. Get a little older, it's like, hey, Dad, I'll take a car. <laughs> hey, I'll take college money, and I'll take a place to live, and, you know, we're born takers. How many of you figure that out? Pretty much born takers. Our human carnal nature is we are takers. And so all of a sudden, a person comes to know Jesus Christ, and we become new creations in Him. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So we go from being born one time as takers to being born the second time, which is called being born again, and after that birth, we should become givers. Everyone say givers. We go from takers to givers. And to be honest with you, that's absolutely a process. Not that a person's born again is a process. I think a person's born again, just like being born the first time, the second time, is in a moment of time they're born again. They believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But after that, you can be in a process. A process, the Bible talks about being transformed, and one of the major things that the Holy Spirit begins to work on us is our carnal nature, right? And uh, He begins to work on our carnal nature, and we begin from going from takers to givers. Uh, what, what is that process about? It's a series of steps or actions that we take in order to ach achieve a particular end okay so here's the process the holy spirit works on us and a lot of times he's working on us of uh, a recovery what are we covering from jail i'm not a meth addict i'm not a heroin addict even though we have had that in the church and maybe there's some today well it's not always about meth and heroin recovery sometimes it's about self-recovery 
where you've been addicted to self. You got an eye disease. It's all about I, I, I. Ever talk to somebody and it's always about I? You, you know what I'm talking about. And so sometimes we're in a, a stage of recovery from being addicted to ourself and an eye disease, and God's trying to get rid of that so that He can work beautifully through us and so that we can become not takers anymore, but givers. Why? Because the goal that we're trying to end up to become like is, can anybody answer that for me? What is your, the, the goal that you're to become like? Who said that? Who said Jesus? Thank you. Spot on. I don't know if everybody knows what you're supposed to be working on every day in your life to become. You may go to college, but you're not to become like your professor. You're like, hallelujah. <laughs> not all professors, but you know what I'm saying. We want to become like Jesus. Are you following me? How many of you know, how many wives you would like your husband to become like Jesus? Huh? How, what kind of marriage? How many of you, how many of you husbands want your wife to become like Jesus? Can you imagine what our marriages would be like? Woo, man. I mean, that would be like amazing if we were all like Jesus. Well, that is big lose like a uh, future wife. That is our goal because Jesus is and always will be a giver. That's what, I mean, if you really want to be like God, just give. Because think about it. That's all God's done. He, he gave you life. You're here today. It's like, no, J.O., I'm here because I drove my car here and I made a choice to be here. Listen, ultimately you're here because God allowed you to be here. The car you ride in, I bought it, J.O., I worked for it. Yeah, you did work for it, you bought it, but I'm going to let you know it's only because of His grace that you're even alive. J.L., I'm keeping my heart beat right now. I'm keeping my heart going, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're not keeping air in your lungs. It's all because of God who's a giver. See, when God gives, He gives actually of who He is. Life? Where do you think life comes? Why do we have life? Because God is the God of life. Well, I'm just so loving, Jay. I just love, love, love. You know, you know why? If you're a loving person, you know where you got that from? From God. Because He is love. If you know how to forgive and extend grace, it's only because of His characteristics. Because that's who He is. When He gives you hope, you know why you have hope? Is because He is the God of hope. You know why you have eternal life in Jesus Christ? Because He is eternal. Everything that you get, you get it because He gives you a part of who He is. And so James 1.17 says every good gift and every perfect gift. Why is it perfect? Because He gives part of Him. It's perfection. Every good gift, there's only one good, that's God. Every perfect gift, there's only one perfect, it's God. It comes from, uh, look, it comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no shadow or variation or shadow of turning. And guess what the greatest gift he's ever given to us? 
Okay, but who is Jesus? Jesus is God. So he gave himself for me and you. The greatest gift that God has ever given to each one of us is he gave himself. Now we talk about this one word, Emmanuel, on Christmas. I think we should talk about it a lot more than just on Christmas. Listen to this scripture, uh, Matthew 1, 23. It says, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord uh, through the prophet, saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, Emmanuel, his name is called Emmanuel, God with us. That's the translation, God with us. Jesus is not just a man. There's been lots of men who have died for other men in battles and wars, but Jesus was way, there's no way he can be just a man. He walked sinless on earth. He is God. Emmanuel, God with us. So he gives of his very own being for me and you because he loves us. He wanted to make a way for us, wants to have a relationship with us, so he gives. Listen to this scripture, Colossians 1.19. For it pleased the Father that in him, who's him? Jesus. In him all the fullness should dwell. Listen to this scripture, John 1.14, out of the contemporary English version. The word became a human being and lived here with us. Who was that word? He became a human being, the Word of God. That Word is powerful. I mean, everything is held to you. If it wasn't for God's Word right now, your hair would probably fly out of your head and arms would fly off of you. I mean, it keeps everything together, God's Word. God's Word just didn't quit speaking whenever He said, let there be light. Man, we have light today because that Word continues to speak. That Word became a human being who is Jesus Christ. And the Word became a human being and lived here with us. We saw the true glory, the glory of the only Son of the Father with him, uh, from Him all the kindness and all the truth of God have come down to us. So, guess what happens? When you give, when you give, you give of yourself. You give a bit. When you truly give, when you truly give, you really give a bit of who you are. Are. I want to talk to you about that today. I want to talk to you about areas that I think that God challenges us to give. And the very first one today is number one, give the true you. Give the true you. Do you know how tired as a pastor that I get of hearing, ah, the church is full of hypocrites. <laughs> Now, I don't believe that's true, and then it's absolutely true, because we're all sinners. But I don't think there's no one that came in here today or woke up this morning and goes, whoo, I'm pumped up today because today I'm going to be a hypocrite. (laughs) But what I think God wants from me and you, what I think we owe the Maker who created me and you, and the world that doesn't know him, is that they would know the true blue you. The authentic you. That, hey, I may not be perfect, 
and I sin, but you know what? My goal is to become like him, Jesus Christ, and I'm working towards that. And so many times I believe that people, why would someone not want to be authentic and not want to be honest and transparent is because maybe they're scared of what people will think about them if they know that you're a sinner. Join the sin club. We're all sinners. I don't want to walk around in sin. I don't want to do that, but I do fall short. And you know what? I think what God is looking for is those who will be absolutely authentic and transparent. Hey, I'm not who I want to be, but (laughs) I'm not who I used to be. And I'm moving towards who I want to be like. And his name is Jesus Christ. And people just want to see the true blue you. For years, as a young man, I tried to be which whatever group I was with, if it was soccer, not basketball, whatever. And you know what, at 50 years old, you know who I wanna be? I wanna be me. I wanna be who God's created me to be. Like it or lump it, I wanna be free to be me. Now, that doesn't give me the excuse of like, hey, I'm a jerk because that's how God made me. No, you don't have the right to say, well, that's just who I am. You don't have the right to say that because I'm not talking about just being any OU. I'm talking about being the new you. The new you who is in Christ Jesus is who God wants you to be. He doesn't want you to be rude or a jerk or any of those things because that's not who Jesus is. But he wants you to be the authentic you. And I tell you, when the world sees the authentic you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, they'll want to come to church. We we really want to be real at Heart of the City Church. Because when you're real, man, you can grow. But if you're just layered in fake and religiosity, you're not going to grow. You're going to stunt your growth. Right? You following me? Listen to this. I tell you, you want a beautiful scripture to read to your kids on how they were made, how they were authentically, fearfully, wonderfully, only fingerprint made. You see, this is Mike Green right here. Listen, Mike Green is already taken. Don't try to be like him. Seth, this is Seth Owens right here. He's already taken. You might like Tiger Wood. I want to be like Tiger Wood. That brother's taken. I want to be like Mikey. That brother's taken. Who's not taken is you. And you need to be you. Tyson in the back. He's already taken. Don't try to be like Tyson. Tyson's trying to be like Jesus. Right? Listen to this scripture. Psalms 139. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. So, J.O., I don't really want people to really know the authentic, real me. Because I am a sinner and I fall short. You know what you do? Be real, be, be real, be you. And you, you just be honest with them. Hey, you know what? Um, I'm trying to change. The Holy Spirit's changing me. Please forgive me. Uh, I, haven't, uh, I haven't accomplished that goal yet. Uh, I, I, I want to be like Christ, but I'm not, I have not arrived yet. 
and be the real you. Come on, we owe it to the world and to God who made you so beautifully, specifically with only one fingerprint is to be you. You got that? Yeah. Number two, give your soul. Soul, uh, that's a huge word. People will think, you know, all kinds of things about the soul, is a soul born again. Today I'm going to define soul as this, mind, will, and emotions. Mind, will, and emotions. Um, how many of you know that we don't need a, a church full of Dr. Spock? How many, how many uh, Trekkies do we have out there? Trekkies. Oh, look at him. They're giving me the sign back. Where is he from? What is it called? Vulcan. We don't, we don't need a bunch of Dr. Spocks, right? Because you ain't, he ain't feeling you. That brother ain't feeling nobody. Right? When I say give of your soul, you're given of your emotions. Listen to me real good. You're given of your emotions. When you give of your emotions, you're actually caring for people. How many of you would walk into a funeral home, woman just lose her husband of 50 years, and you're like, hey, <laughs> get over it. You would never do that. You would, not, you would not do that, right? I hope you wouldn't. Why? Because you want to you want to walk with people. You want to be discerning. You want to be sensitive toward it. You want to give of your soul. I want to talk to you about that for a few minutes. Ecclesiastes 3, 4 says this. A time to cry and a time to laugh. A time to grieve and a time to dance. Romans 12, 15 says this. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. That's caring that's giving of your soul of your emotions of your mind um people who really help me with this is those who really hear me maybe i'm going through something maybe i'm just tired and weary you know what tired and weary equals for me is weird <laughs> if i get tired and weary i get weird right how many other people get tired weary and you get weird just be honest we're in church come on some of you never get weird never get tired never i understand this i understand that you're fibbing but i understand we're human i'm just teasing okay kind of but you know when i'm tired and weary and weird you know i don't need my wife to come to me and go you just need to snap out of it. You're my husband. You're the pastor of Heart of the City Church. Come on, get with it. That doesn't, that doesn't help me. I'm just, I'm now weirder. You done weirded me out now, woman, bad. And she, she doesn't do that. She... My son does it. My I've, I've called my daughter when I'm weird. I've called my son. My wife would be my number one encourager, and she gives me words. I mean, she can say words to me that right now I'm not. I was weird, and now I'm no longer weird. That quick. That that beautiful. Now, occasionally, occasionally when I'm whining around, wah, 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 
when it's when I have PMS you know what that means it's poor me syndrome I'm just being honest is that okay can I say that in church when I'm having P you know poor me poor me syndrome she will occasionally nicely rebuke me and say no nicely she'll say you need to snap out of that and I won't like that for about a minute and then I go she's right right because she loves me and it snaps me out of it but mostly man full of compassion and gives me words and encourages me it's like she knows how to do it right now it's like this a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver and it just so brings life to me jesus was moved this way with people he didn't go around if anybody could say hey hey snap out of it snap out he could have done it with anybody he could have blowed you away with truth but he didn't do that he was full of grace and truth and look what the Bible says about him. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion because they were weary and scattered. How many of you get wearied and scattered? <laughs> Some of you weary and scattered right now. <laughs> Just being honest. Because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Listen to this word compassion. He was, he was moved with compassion he he gave his soul listen to compassion to have the bowels yearn feel sympathy pity compassion to be moved as to one bowels hence to be moved with compassion for the bowels were thought to be the seed of love and pity how many of you wives would like your husbands be, to be moved that way towards you. That's deep. And that's how Jesus was moved. Philippians 2, 4 says, let each of you look out not only for your own interest, but also for the interest of others. You know, we try to do that at outreaches like our single mom outreach. Well, we can always be like, it's all about me, it's all about my, I don't have time. Or we can step out of the boat and try to reach other people that really need some support and encouragement. Here's a, a story of, of nine, nine kids, really of eight, that really gave their soul. Seattle Special Olympics, a few years ago during the final 100-yard dash, for the state finals, the gun was shot, bam! And all nine runners shot out of the block. One boy tripped and landed on his knees and scraped his chin, his elbow, and his knees. He began to sob, and all eight runners slowed down, paused, and then ran back to help the boy on the track. One girl with Down syndrome reached down and kissed his knee and said, this will make it all better. They then all picked the boy up and linked arms and the entire group carried him to the finish line. They gave out nine gold medals that day while tears rolled down the faces of people throughout the stand and nine gold medalists received a standing ovation for over 
10 minutes. Why? Because they gave out of their soul. They gave out of their emotions. They gave out of caring, out of loving. I think God would call us to do that, wouldn't you? Number three, giving of time. Time is something very unique because like just yesterday, like just like yesterday I was 25 and now I'm 50. And some of you are laughing at me because you feel the same way. Something happens with time when you have kids. Just yesterday, Seth was nine pounds and bald-headed and just a little baby. And now he's all got more hair than me. <laughs> My point is that time just goes and time flies and you can't buy back time. And, 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 and there's a lot to be said where a person spends their time. If a dad says, oh, I want to have the greatest relationship with my wife, I want to have a great marriage, and you never spend time with your wife, I got news for you, bro. That's not really true. Come on. If you say, I want to have a great family, and I want them to serve God, and you never spend time and being with your family, uh, going together as a church, uh, to the church together. Listen, your, your mouth isn't lining up with your value system. I love you, but it's just a fact. When your mouth doesn't line up with your actions, there's something, there's something that's missing in here, in your integrity, in your character. I'm just being honest, right? So I say that because time is something we need to look at because you can't buy it back. And man, yesterday's gone and time is so important. I mean, we get paid for our time and a person does what he values and he values what he does. And it's so important where you spend your time. Because where you spend your time says a lot about who you are. City groups around here, city group leaders, they're amazing because it's just a, it's amazing the time that they spend in getting ready and cleaning their house and teaching, whatever. There's a lot of people, I mean beautiful saints here, that spend time like the fit team. So I would say the majority of you come to one service a weekend, right? And there's, there's folks that they're here all four services and before and after. And I'm just, I just say that because of their value system and the time that they spend. It's just, it's just absolutely beautiful. Um, and I just challenge you this week in being careful where you spend your time. Be careful where you spend your time. You can't buy it back. You've got to seize the moment that you live in. I tell you a wonderful place for you to spend your time on May 9th. Jo, I don't have time. What time you got right now? 12 That's the same time I got. We all on the same time. How many days you got in a week? How many of y'all got seven in a week? Me too. How many got 24 hours in a day? Me too. Oh, man. We all, we all got the same amount of time. And see, it has to do with going back to what I began with. Remember what I told you that you may be going re through recovery about? Self and eye, eye disease? See, where you spend your time has a lot to do with your value. I challenge you on your time this week. Number four, Given of talents, 
We have some wonderful, talented people here in the church. How many of you came on Good Friday and you heard people uh, share the spoken word? Well, isn't that, that was, abs- I mean, the talents. How many of you were here Easter and you saw uh, Keelan, you know, and Kara, Kara's right here, Keelan's right here fighting off all the demons. Uh, what wonderful talent. And look at the bald-headed guy up there running the sound right now. And what? They do an amazing job. Our sound system, oh, I can do that, J.O. I get, you, you probably can't even turn on the machine like myself. I'm not here to dish you about that. I'm saying that takes serious talent. Is that not true, Seth? I mean, it's ama- I don't even know how to turn it on. Talent. People on the vessels, on our fit team. Pretty soon we're going to be remodeling the building, Lord willing. And man, I hope that people will show up with their talents and their time, right? Why? Because we're in this together. We're in it to win it. As a family, give of your talents. Every one of you in this room have talents. And there's not a person in this room that doesn't have talents. You know what you need to do with it? Give it. Give it. Do you think your talents for one moment is for you? Can you imagine, oh, I'm going to stand in front of the mirror and this talent's for me. Oh, it's talent for me. Woo! I'm talented for me. Your talent is not for you. I'm a teacher. Okay, I'm going to teach in the mirror. I'm going to teach myself. Okay, class, how you doing? Have a seat today. Just you in the mirror. Your talent is, is for someone, is for everyone else. He's put it in you. And some of you, you need to hear me on that today. You need to step out of the boat in your talents. You have them. Man, be released in this place. The church was having a problem. Can you imagine a church having a problem? The church was birthed in Acts 2. By Acts 6, four chapters later, they've got arguments going on. Problem. See, problems have always been in church. It, it totally it's strange for people to come and they think that not, there's not going to be problems and, and offenses in the church. That is crazy. Four chapters after the church's birth, they got problems. People are having meltdowns. The Hebrews and the Hillistines, they're just going nuts because the distribution of the food for the women and what have you. And so they have to get these seven guys who have talents, Stephen and six other, to distribute the food so the apostles could continue to pray and to read the word and study the word. What did they do? They used their talents to serve. Are you with me today? Give of your talents. Mother Teresa said, let no one ever come to you without leaving happier and better. Number five, giving of your treasures. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I think it's easy to flip-flop that scripture. Now, we should never do that. But if you ask people sometimes, I think it would be easy to say, hey, where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. That's not true. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Let me break that down practically for you. And we're always, all of this is in a process. I'm not here to beat up on anyone. But if you follow, like for example, if you could show your your checking statement or your visa statement or something like that you just see where your monies go out then it will probably lead a lot to your treasure yeah, 
Are you following me? So your treasure leads to your heart, not your heart to your treasure. You with me? And I, I know we're all in a process, I get that. But it's just a fact, I mean, that's Bible. And the Bi- I believe that we should give our treasures. And I wanna say something to you. This is a very beautiful, wonderful, generous church, and I, I do wanna give you an uh, update on legacy because now we're at over $117,000 in legacy, and I wanna thank all those that's given. Now, our goal is to be at 150,000 by May 1st, and I know that's only a few days, but I have great faith to believe that I don't know how it's going to happen, I believe it's going to happen, or, or really close to it. Winston Churchill says this, we make a living by what we get, and we make a life by what we give. We make a living by what we get, and we make a life by what we give. Number six, my last one, give your life. Give your life. I just got through uh, being in Kentucky. I was there Thursday and Friday. My aunt died, my, my dad's sister, a wonderful lady. I used to work for her and her husband, and uh, did the obituary the eulogy and at the end I says hey if you would like to share about how Aunt Margie has impacted your life I want to open it up before I close and when I did that people were I mean people were crying loud and I had no no way of knowing that she had fostered 51 kids 51 kids One of them began to share of how she never had a mother or the dad, but that Aunt Margie was her mother and she was the greatest mother on the face of the earth. Why? Because Aunt Margie gave of her life. This guy named Jim, I'm sorry, Jerry Burdett, him and his wife was walking down the beach and he heard three kids screaming. Three kids were caught in a riptide he jumps in, saves one kid, brings him back to shore. Jumps in, saves the other kid, brings him back to shore. Jumps in, saves the third kid, brings him back to shore. Collapses at the edge of the shoreline, was taken out by the sea, and his body never found. But all three kids were saved. Given of one's life. There's no greater love than that. But I'll leave you with this challenge. Giving your life over to know God. Giving your life. I tell you, there's nothing more in my book than for us to know God. I want to show you this video. I thought, man, I can't say it better than this guy here, John Piper of the importance of each one of us knowing God. If you'll hit the lights and you'll hit that video, watch this, closing. Look around in life, in your church, look around, how many Christians do you see bent with all their powers to know God more and more? more truly, more clearly, more sweetly? Or do you see thousands 
fighting graduate school sins with grammar school knowledge of God. To which some of you would say, whoa, whoa, whoa. There are as many PhDs in theology who commit adultery as less educated people. To which I would say, Why is it that people with PhDs in theology <coughs> commit adultery? They don't know God. You can read theology 10 hours a day, 40 years long, and not know God as beautiful, all satisfying, highest treasure of your life. Who cares about knowing God? Boy, the devil knows God. He hates everybody. Knowledge of God helps him hate people. The knowledge of God helps him hate people. We're talking about knowing God here in First Thessalonians. <laughs> they don't know God. They don't know God really has Wow. Who he is, infinitely valuable, infinitely beautiful, infinitely satisfying. Why your soul was made. There are more pleasures at his right hand, more eternal joys in his presence than you can have in 10,000 sexual trysts. The question is, do you know that? If you know that, sin will have lost its Would you stand to your feet today? Man, that was powerful. The knowledge of God to help you hate people. If you know God like the devil knows God. God doesn't want you to know him like the devil knows him. Listen to this scripture in closing. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Now they call him Lord. Listen to that shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but those who does the will of my Father, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, there he goes again, did we not prophesy in your name? Listen to the, look at that spiritual activity they prophesied. Cast out demons, look at that spiritual manifestation, they cast out demons in your name, and done wonders in your name, they did all kind of miracles and wonders, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Why? Because God wants us to know Him not like the devil knows Him, but He wants us to know Him, to know His love, to know His grace, to know Him as our Father, not religiously, but relationship. Would you just bow your head today? I'm just going to ask you, those who, this, this, this day that maybe you don't know Jesus, you don't know Jesus. You don't know today if you step out of this room and die, you have no clue if you would go to heaven. You don't have to live life that way. What a, what a fearful way of living, of not knowing where you would spend eternity. Man, I would hate to live that way. And you don't have to live that way. Why? Because if you know Jesus, He's the way, the truth, and the life. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus the way that
I'm talking about the way that John Piper talked about him being your Lord your God your Savior if you don't know him I'd like to pray for you would you just raise your hand just saying you know what J.O. I want to know him I want to know him that way I want to know him I want to know my eternal destination is secure is there anyone here that doesn't know Christ I'll give you a minute just just raise your hand just saying hey that's me I want to know Jesus I see that little guy's hand anyone else anyone else you want to come up here little buddy somebody would pray for him anyone else if you're here today and you're in the battle of you're in that battle of self you're in the battle of being an overcomer of self and you're struggling you need prayer with any of the things that I talked about today of maybe your talents maybe your time maybe your treasures if you just need prayer in those areas I tell you what one of the worst things for a marriage you know why marriages just explode a lot of times it has to do with two selfish people or one selfish person two dead people get along extremely well They do. Two dead, two people dead to self and alive in Christ, and you will have a famous marriage. If you have someone living on their own, living their own life, whoo, it can go south real quick. So if that's you today, we'd like to pray for you. I'm going to close in prayer, but there's folks up here, and I, I say take advantage of it. Why do we offer this every week? Is because how's it working for you right now? Wouldn't it be better to be the authentic, transparent, get real, and get prayer? Because it can change everything. So we're going to have the, uh, the ushers, I mean, not the ushers, the, well, some of them might be ushers, I don't know. They're going to be up front wanting to pray for you, desired to pray for you. I'm going to close in prayer, but if we can pray for you in any of these areas, maybe it's just to know Him, like the video at the very end. Father, thank You for a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. Thank You, Lord, that we're here just because You're a giver. You gave us life. You give us life every day. You gave us eternal life. You extended forgiveness, Your mercy, Your grace every day. Lord, we love you. We love your beauty. We love your acceptance. We love everything about you. And I just pray for my friends today that you would bless. You would bless marriages and families. Lord, you would help us to every day choose to be more like you. God, that we would just give. There would be something that would happen in each one of our lives. That transformation would take place inside of us. That we become more like you in this area of giving. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. The altars are open.
would love to pray for you if you need prayer today. Have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day.